Welcome to episode three of the Self-Care 101 podcast, where we talk about work-life balance, mental health and mindset. Thank you so much for listening today. On this episode, we're going to talk about how to build self-confidence. Now, self-confidence can often get confused with self-efficacy and self-esteem. Some researchers would say that they work hand in hand. A recent study has revealed that in the last 25 years, depression and anxiety have increased by 70% among 16 to 24 year olds. This clearly demonstrates that more needs to be done in this area to improve mental health. In this episode, I'm going to share some proven techniques for practical implementation of ways to improve self-confidence and self-esteem. So what does self-confidence mean? Self-confidence means to have faith or trust in yourself. Now, it sometimes gets confused with self-efficacy, which renowned author on the topic, Albert Bandura, defines as an individual's belief about their capacity to influence the events in their own lives. Self-esteem can be defined by the influential voices on the topic, including Nathaniel Brandon, and he believes that self-esteem is made up of two distinct components, self-efficacy or the confidence we have in our ability to cope with life's challenges, and self-respect, or the belief that we are deserving of happiness, love and success. What do you think about that? Do you think when you read how to improve self-confidence, how to build self-confidence, that those were the things that you were thinking of? There was a current study published by the Royal Society of Public Health, And they found that the rates of anxiety and depression have increased by 70% in the past 25 years among 16 to 24 year olds. Now, considering what we know on the topics, there really is room for more awareness of these mental health challenges and their possible solutions. For those of us in the older brackets, like me, a lot of self-confidence issues have been pushed under the carpet in our generations, but this doesn't necessarily need to be the case anymore. The first place I would start with self-confidence is the past. Your traumas, your experiences, your life experiences. What's happened in your past that has affected your ability to feel that you have the self-confidence that you need today as an adult. I'll talk about this often, going back into the past, because we need to recognise where this comes from, because we weren't created to have these self-confidence issues. We weren't created to have these mental health challenges necessarily, although some researchers might say we do. But just coming back to self-confidence for a minute, something has happened in your life to affect your self-confidence, your self-confidence scale. What is that? Or is it a series of things? Are there people in your life who have affected your self-confidence? When I was growing up, my mum, she's going to kill me for this, but my mum affected my self-confidence at a very, very early age. When I was 10, I remember this vividly. She said to me that if I don't lose weight, that nobody will want to marry me. And at the time, I had no idea how much that was going to affect me growing up. And it really did. It really did. It shaped my teens. It shaped my young adulthood. And only now, really approaching 40, am I able to feel more aware of what I had done in my past as a result of 
some conditioning that I'd experienced as a child. And it's, you know, it's really tough. Now that I have my own child and I think about what was said to me, I wouldn't even dream of saying anything like that to my son. I just couldn't. I couldn't dream of that. And sometimes when I'm talking to my son or if I get angry with him about something, I might say something to him like, I'm going to put you outside if you don't listen to me, if you don't tidy up those toys, if you have another tantrum. But actually, I'm potentially creating some trauma there. And, you know, we can be self-aware as much as we like. We can really try to be as self-aware as possible, but we can't control every single thing. So I managed to give myself a break here and there. But it's amazing how the smallest thing or deemingly small thing can affect you growing up and becoming an adult. Now, if you've had more extreme trauma, it's a definite that you're going to be affected by it as an adult. And it takes time to work through extreme trauma. It takes time to work through these smaller traumas, like my mum telling me that no one will marry me if I don't lose weight. But they actually do affect you if you don't address them. Even the little things, all the deemingly little things, they will have an effect on you in some way, shape or form. So it's interesting and I would say essential to review your past and see what experiences might have led to contributing to the knock on your self-confidence or the feelings you're feeling about not having enough self-confidence. Now, I want to talk about mindset. We talk about mindset a lot in my coaching practice, and I do believe that the way we think does influence everything that we do. So I would ask you a few coaching questions here, and again, write them down. What does self-confidence mean to you? What does it mean to you? Because self-confidence, it has a definition, but is that what you're talking about? Is it what it actually means? Which area of your life requires more self-confidence? Have a review. Are you looking to build self-confidence towards dating? Are you looking to build self-confidence towards your health, your work? Which area of your life requires more self-confidence? Then I'd probably ask you, what makes you think that you don't have self-confidence? What makes you think that you don't have self-confidence? Has somebody told you that? Has something happened to you recently that's knocked your self-confidence? What is it? Write it down. And this is probably my favorite. What would life look like if you had the self-confidence that you desire? What would your life look like? Close your eyes and imagine the situation that is holding you back from being confident at the moment. And imagine what it would look like if you had the self-confidence that you're seeking. What would that look like? And make it really tangible. Feel it, really feel it, feel those feelings and write those down as well. Now work backwards from that, work backwards from that point of what life would look like if you had the self-confidence that you desire. Then you've got a starting point to create a plan of action to do something every week or every day, do something little that contributes to building your self-confidence. You have all the answers. I know this is going to get boring, but you do. You do. You have all the answers. You just need to ask yourself the right questions and reframe your thinking to that. Reframe your thinking to already having it by the actions you take. 
And then you're retraining your brain into believing that you are self-confident, that you do have that self-confidence that you're looking for. Now, here's another exercise you can do. It's about your strengths. And this kind of works hand in hand with the reframing of your mindset, how you think about things. And if you can do this exercise, this is something that I give clients to do who are feeling like they have low self-esteem. It can be useful in helping you identify the areas in which you actually are self-confident and you do have high self-esteem. It's just that we sometimes just, they just feel ordinary to us and we take them for granted. Those who know their strengths and use them frequently, they tend to have more success in several areas of their life. They feel happier, they have better self-esteem and they're more likely to accomplish their goals. And this is what I want for you. To use your strengths effectively, it's important to have a clear idea of what they are and how they can be used. Some of your greatest strengths, they might be easy to recognise, whilst others, they go unnoticed because they just feel ordinary to you, even if they aren't. So the first thing I would do is make a list of the strengths that you think that you have, okay? And really dig deep here to think about things that may seem obvious to you and you take for granted, so you don't usually count them in what makes you a strong person or makes you somebody with a certain level of self-confidence. Once you've done that, explore, start exploring your relationships. List the strengths that you possess that help you in your relationships. Then I want you to describe a specific time in your life when your strengths were able to help you in a relationship. And finally, describe two new ways you could use your strengths in relationships. Now, even if it doesn't make sense as to why I'm asking you to look at your relationships, we're looking at life holistically because in the same way if you were training your body and you wanted to lose weight, you can't focus on a particular area of your body to lose the weight. So say you've got the bingo wing arms, right? You can do exercise to help tone those particular areas, but your body is going to lose fat at the most important places first. And that tends to be around the visceral organs. So no matter what you do, however you decide to train your body, your body's still going to override anything that you throw at it and do what it wants to do anyway. So we have to look at ourselves as a whole, that everything affects everything. So even things that we don't necessarily think are obvious, like I need more self-confidence in my work. What have my relationships got to do with my work? When you do these sorts of exercises, you start seeing where your strengths actually lie, and then you can learn to apply them in different areas of your life. So the next exercise is exploring your strengths within your work, past or present work. List the strengths that you possess that help you in your profession. Then I want you to describe a specific time that your strengths were able to help you in your profession. And finally, describe two new ways you could use your strengths in your professional life. The final part of this exercise is personal fulfillment. So this is things like your hobbies, your interests, your pleasurable activities, right? Things that bring you joy. Thanks, Marie Kondo. I use that phrase a lot. 
<laughs> so the first thing I'd ask you, list the strengths you possess that help you achieve personal fulfillment. Then describe a specific time that your strengths were able to help you with personal fulfillment. And finally, describe two new ways you could use your strengths for personal fulfillment. You'll see from doing this exercise and the questions, they're repetitive, but they all lead to a conclusion. So you get to have a starting point, a middle, which is where you kind of work through some of the past issues and reference points and templates. And then you've got new ways of using those strengths. So you're reframing the way you view yourself, confidence, self-esteem, etc. And that will all help you to build up the self-confidence that you're looking to build. I want to give you an example of a client that worked with me last year. We worked together for about six months and he came to me because he wanted to be in a relationship. That was his goal. That's what he said to me in the first instance. And as we worked together, we uncovered the reasons for wanting to be in a relationship and past experiences that was kind of knocking his self-confidence. Now, his self-confidence was knocked a little by a first love. And we had to work through quite a bit of that because to a certain extent, getting over your first love is one of the hardest things to do. And those of us who are fortunate to have a first love know how difficult that can be. But when somebody's actually going through it, they they don't want to hear that. Who wants to hear that, you know, that, oh yeah, you'll get over it, but you will get over it. And it's time that will help that happen. So we focus a lot on working on improving himself so that he could be more resilient to any pain that he experiences in his life. And we specifically uncovered judgment that he held a lot of judgment towards people that he met. So he was dating women but he sort of didn't go further with a lot of dates because he was unconsciously to a certain extent, he was judging them. And we uncovered through various exercises that he was holding a lot of judgment towards people that was really unfounded. And he was using judgment as a, like a protective shield almost. It was a barrier to protect himself. Now we, we obviously dealt deeper to find out where this judgment came from. And it was something that happened to him when he was in his teens, around 15 years old, and he's now almost 30. So I obviously asked him, you know, the questioning, how relevant is that today? Would you like to be judged in that way? Well, I didn't ask him such closed questions, but you get the gist. I was trying to uncover the difference between the childhood experience compared to being an adult, how you want to treat people, how you want to be treated by others. How would you like it if people were judging you based on experiences that had nothing to do with you? They didn't even have anything to do with you and people were judging you for it. And slowly we uncovered more, we learned more about compassion, compassion towards others and how to give that compassion when you're in that dating process. And this particular client, I mean, I'm like a proud mama. He really does make me proud because he has improved his self-confidence. He's gone leaps and bounds with it just by taking on a couple of new ways of thinking, new ways of approaching 
the dating world, the relationship world, and most importantly, his life, what he wants from his life, how he wants to qualify his life, what he wants his legacy to be. And by doing that, by focusing on himself, by putting his needs first and accepting that he wants to work on himself first before he embarks on giving to others, he has uncovered so much confidence within himself. And he's also found a way of balancing confidence and arrogance because he did talk about sometimes being arrogant in his behavior towards people. And he can now identify the difference between the two. Now, I'm not saying he's living his best life right now, but he's living a pretty decent life. And I recently saw him and I couldn't believe how different he was in his behavior from the first time I met him. He was so much more outgoing, a natural introvert, but he was so much more outgoing. He was still cautious, but he let go a lot quicker in the social environment. He was able to engage with people a lot quicker. And he's done this all by himself, by putting the work in to want to improve, to want to achieve those goals. And the feedback that he's had from other people is exactly what you want to hear. It's exactly what he wants to hear. It's about him being so confident, it's about him being so outgoing and ambitious and determined and such a nice person, like such a kind soul. So we joke about, <laughs> me and my clients joke about being you start as, as say, for instance, Puja, Puja 1.0, you start at Puja 1.0. And then as you uncover a new barrier and you, you smash it down, you get upgraded to Puja 2.0. And this particular client started with me and he said, at the moment, I'm 2.5. And I was like, okay, sure. Right. Because I've been doing some work on myself already. I feel like I've started the journey and I'm already feeling better. And we joke, but every time he did something and I experienced it, heard it from his mouth, because it's that's the key, isn't it? When the client actually says it from their own mouth without any coaxing, they just do it. I was upgrading him. He went from 2.5 to 3.5 and then he jumped straight to 5.0 very recently. And it's just a wonderful thing to be able to see that when you put the work in, sometimes it doesn't seem quite clear why you're doing some work, especially in the coaching process, because sometimes we'll go backwards, sometimes we'll go forward, sometimes we'll do these kind of exercises to uncover strengths as opposed to focusing on the self-confident bit. It doesn't always make sense when you first do them, but as you start trusting in that process and actually doing those tasks, implementing them into your own life, and like I said, a little bit every single day contributes to the change that you're looking for, you soon see the power of your will, the power of your mind, the power of your mindset. And that then builds your self-confidence as well. Indirectly, that's also fueling your self-confidence. It's a beautiful thing. I think it's wonderful. I might have a bit too much self-confidence. <laughs> I don't, I don't. I also suffer from imposter syndrome and things like that. Very normal things, man anxiety about launching this podcast and what people will think. But, you know, I work through it. I come back to my values. I come back to my base, what makes me me. And I can then 
push through. And you can do it too. Like I said, my client did a great job of improving himself. It took him some time and probably more time than he thought it was going to take. But by doing it, he's now in a state where he recognizes his own behaviors and he can tweak it and adjust it and move it forward and keep it moving forward so that hopefully he doesn't fall again. So to wrap up, have a look at your past events, your traumas, your experiences. See what has contributed to your self-confidence challenges that you're facing now. Look at your mindset. Review what being self-confident means to you. And work towards achieving that every single day by just taking little steps. Working backwards, you can see what you need to do. You can create that plan of action and Think about what life could look like if you had the self-confidence that you desire. And I'm going to leave it there. I'm going to leave it with that thought. What would life look like if you had the self-confidence that you desire? Thank you so much again for listening today. If you enjoyed this episode, then please subscribe to the Self-Care 101 podcast. For more tips and tricks, head over to my website, franklycoaching.com or for daily inspiration you can follow me on the socials at franklycoaching talk to you soon